I don't know what happens here, but when I come here on Saturday, it looks like a hurricane came through. It must be a hurricane of the Holy Spirit. Um, my wife and I were away last week, and I heard the awesome messages from Pastor John and Deacon Courtney. This week, our worship leader and our youth leaders at Jackson's are away. And you know what the sign of a healthy church is? That people can be away and everything can go well. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, one, one week you might just say, where's Pastor Joe and Alicia? They might have got rapture without you, you know? <laughs> Listen, don't worry, that's not happening. But there have been times where I thought my family got raptured and I was left behind. I remember one time walking through my house. I went into each one of my kids' room and all their clothes was laid out, like just flat on the bed. And I heard music playing Christian music in, in, in our room, and I went in, and my wife wasn't there. I didn't hear her laugh, and I was like, I knew it! I knew it! I wasn't saved after all! Just turned out she had laid all their clothes out. We were going somewhere. Did you ever, ever experience that, ever? Make me feel good, please. <laughs> we're going to talk about God's presence today, and uh, if you left your Bible home, or for some reason don't have it with you, just raise your hand. We'll get one to you right now as I pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. I especially welcome the first-time visitors. God, we pray you would touch them, bless them by your power today. I'm so glad to have them here. Father, we pray, if anyone came in here today, Father, not knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he died on the cross for their sins, that they can be forgiven by his grace, we pray more than anything else that they would leave with salvation. Father, we pray, if anyone came in here today, emotionally down, feeling empty, depressed, suicidal, whatever it may be, that your presence would fill them with joy. We pray, if anyone came in here today, sick in their body, that your presence would heal them, that they would have a word of healing today. Father, we pray, if anyone came here facing a financial mountain, or maybe debt that they think they'll never be able to pay back. Father, we pray that your presence would bring them the word they need. Father, speak through me today. Let your presence, let us be aware of your presence more than anything else. Not my opinions, but your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I remember when the church first started and uh, we were in the hotel and it was like 10 or 15 of us at certain times and You've heard my story about preaching to two people, but um, I don't want to get into that one today. But um, I remember, you know, there were times when my wife had to teach the children or maybe do the nursery, whatever she was doing. She was doing everything I wasn't doing, which was everything. And uh, if she wasn't there when I was preaching, I felt like sort of empty, you know? You know, because when you're married, you're one flesh. And when she wasn't here, and if she's not here now, I never feel fully confident and complete. You know, it's kind of like Jerry Maguire. You complete me. Um, <laughs> I'm building up points, don't you see? But no, truthfully, did you ever, you know, like, how many of you minister know that you, you know, you like your, either your mate with you or your friends or people that encourage you? You know, her presence is very important to me. How much more God's presence that we sometimes 
I think, take for granted. You know, her presence is important to me. I can see her. God is literally everywhere we go. Isn't he? Or is he? Is God here? (laughs) You know, God promises his presence. So if he's always present, (laughs) why do I need to usher in his presence? You know, you've heard that before. We're going to, the worship team, or the, we're going to usher in the presence of God. Now, I kind of understand that, but it's kind of silly, right? It's like God comes through the door and a few ushers lead him to his seat. We're ushering in the presence of God. As if he wasn't here already. Do we really need to usher his presence in? So really, it's not on him. It's on us. He is here. His presence is here. It's not like, you know, where you rub a lamp, you know, (laughs) and God's presence comes like a genie. His presence is here. Imagine if we were so aware of it, if that was just like, we just always knew it. See, the problem isn't with him when it comes to his presence. The problem's with us. We need to be more aware, first of all, when we're in church while we're here. Because if we don't understand his presence here, we definitely won't when we're driving down the freeway or we're on our way to work or when we're home. But this is a time when we're all together here. It says we're two or more gathered together. There he is in the midst. Amen? I mean, Maybe God, you know, you you feel like God's nowhere but at church. But I'm here to tell you, he's everywhere that you are. If you put your faith and trust in him. But in the scripture, there are principles. There are things that we can do from his word to make ourselves more aware of his presence. See, because there's nothing we can do to bring his presence. He was here before we got here this morning. He was with us, believers, when we were sleeping last night, when we woke up this morning and rolled back over. (laughs) You don't have to say, it's time to get up and go see God at church. No, he's there, right there. He is with you when the alarm clock goes. (laughs) He's with you. But there are things we can do to make ourselves more aware. And the first one is worship. Amen? You know the scripture, right? Psalm 22, 3. In the King James Version, it's, it's, and people love to say that, say this, and worship leaders say it, and people say it all the time. And you know, he inhabits the praises of his people. That's what it says in the King James. Or in the New King James, it says, he's enthroned in the praises of Israel who are his people. And literally it means that, and here's what it really means. (laughs) It doesn't mean that when we sing, all of a sudden he shows up. Like he wasn't here before, but now that we're praising, he inhabits or dwells where we are. He was here already. The better translation is enthroned, which means 
when we worship and praise him, we're putting him on the throne of our life. We're putting him up. Israel literally would carry the Ark of the Covenant wherever they went. Poles, here's the Ark. It's got two angels here. In the middle, there's nothing. It's a mirror image of what's in heaven, the throne, surrounded by angels. But there was nothing you could see there, but that was representative of what? His presence. He's enthroned. And they would bring him, and wherever they took the ark, they would have victory. Why? Because God was with them. He's enthroned on our praise. How many of you know that when you praise God, it becomes less of you and more of him? Listen, people sometimes, like, all right, you know, they say they came to our church, but when they saw that crazy guy in the front jumping around, they thought twice about staying. That crazy guy being me. But you don't understand. I'm trying to be less of me and more of him. I'm trying to shake off the junk that's trying to keep me from being in his presence like I know I need to be. So I'll just, anything, just get off of me. <laughs> Tell me during the week some things don't latch on to you. I mean, there isn't a worship time here. And Eddie, thank you for, Eddie was bringing up tissues to give to my wife, and he came back. And I was like, wait, I need the tissue. <laughs> because when I am worshiping my dad, and I am becoming more in his presence, some of those things that have been holding on to me start to fall away. My insecurities, my depression, my emptiness. Yeah, I'm a human being just like anybody else. Do I struggle with all these things? Yes, I do. But you know what? When I'm in his presence, and I'm going to worship, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I don't care. I'm, listen, when I come to church, I'm coming to be with my dad in his house, but it's nothing that I don't do at my house. You can ask my wife if I don't blast the worship. And get in and act weird and the neighbors look in, what's he doing? I don't care. Because you know what? The only place of solace and peace for me is in his presence. I, I, I'm sorry. I tried everything else. I tried Studio 54. It wasn't heaven. I really did. I would look forward to going out on the weekend because I, like, am I going to feel, I, you know, and you felt good for about an hour. You know, or maybe two, but <laughs> I, I heard a little laugh over there. I was like, yeah. The second thing after worship is prayer. How many of you know when you pray and when you really pray? I'm not talking about prayers that other people hear and you want to make yourself sound like a Christian. Right? We all do it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what I mean? It's, we have a whole song, you know? <laughs> but I'm talking about prayer, being in his presence prayer. I'm talking about real prayer. I'm talking about Hebrews 4.16 prayer. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
That word boldly is the Greek word parousia. It really means like reckless abandon. Let us come with reckless abandon to the throne of what? Grace. That we can obtain mercy and find grace to help us when we need it. You know, some of us, we pray to a throne of judgment. We do all the I'm sorry's, I'm sorry's, I'm sorry's, and I know I don't deserve it, and blah, blah, blah. And that's wonderful. There are times when you need to repent. But it's a throne of grace. It's a throne that you can come with reckless abandon in what? In your time of what? In your time of need. God wants you to come to him and be in his presence when you're in need. So many people run from church when trouble comes. I'm like, now you're leaving? Now you're staying home? The cancer is in your house and now you're too tired to come to church? Or you're going through a financial difficulty and now you choose to stop coming? Or you're depressed so you close your door and never leave. When this is the exact place God wants you. In his presence. In his presence. And there are times, people, have you ever been in a place in need when you've prayed and, there, and there's, you just don't even know what to pray anymore? How many of you have ever been there? Just don't even know what to pray anymore. You're prayed out. You don't have the words. Here's the great thing about God's presence. He'll help you to pray to him. Oh, my God. It's like everything we need, he gives us. It says in Romans 8, 26, the Spirit also helps us when we're weak. For we don't know what to pray. But the Spirit himself in us prays with groanings that cannot be uttered. Have you ever prayed in the spirit? Have you ever prayed and you sound like a washing machine? I have. I have. Many times. When you lose everything you have and find yourself $250,000 in debt without a job and six kids and a wife, let me tell you something. You won't sound just like a washing machine. You'll sound like a shop vac. I mean, you're just praying and groaning. And... But you know what? That prayer is the most powerful because he's the one helping you do it. I'm not going to get into praying in tongues today. I don't want to go down that path. But those of you that do know what I'm talking about. It's like a connection that leaves you out of things. <laughs> It's like, it's like electricity happening and you're, you're nothing. You're just the, you're just the rubber, <laughs> you're the outside of the, of the cord. It just is going through you. So it's worship, it's prayer. Then it's speaking and preaching God's word. That will make you more aware of his presence. One of my favorite instances of the Bible is from Luke 24. It's when two disciples, people that had been there, saw Jesus 
saw the miracles, saw him die on the cross, heard that he was supposedly going to rise again, but he, they hadn't known that he did. They were leaving. They were leaving Jerusalem. And it says that somebody joined them on their walk. And this person, they didn't recognize. They didn't recognize who this person was. But this person started preaching the word to them. And then when this person was about to leave their, it says he was about to go. It says that they said, no, 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 stay with us. Because their hearts were burning. You know why? Because they were in God's presence. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 stay with us. And they went inside to eat. And once they started eating, all of a sudden they recognized him. It was Jesus. You see, because when you speak the word, when you hear the word, when you preach the word, you're more aware of his presence. See, his presence doesn't depend on him, it depends on us. I was just thinking about when Jesus walked on the water to the disciples, when they were in trouble. It says in Mark, in that one gospel, it says that he would have passed them by. In other words, he was going to keep walking. But we know what happened. They said, they received him. They took hold of him. Come in our boat. Be in our presence. We're in a storm. You see, it wasn't up to him. It was up to them. Same for us. Or think about Stephen. Remember Stephen? Acts chapter 7. Preaching the word of God in front of a bunch of people that don't want to hear the gospel. And it literally says that when he came to the end of the message, why they were all there. Now, these are the same people with the Romans who resided over the crucifixion of Jesus. The same people that Jesus said this to them. He said, you will see the Son of Man at the right hand of the power. You will see him at the right hand of God. So here's Stephen Near the end of his message, saying it's preaching the gospel, these same people, they're getting mad. Mm -hmm. Did you ever preach in front of somebody and they were getting mad? Oh, <laughs> Eddie's hand went right up. Ooh, that's like every day. <laughs> I preach in front of mad people, and some of them stayed mad, but others got saved. Amen. But I'll tell you, when you are in that kind of situation and you are preaching, it's, it's, it's almost like the power, it becomes more powerful. <laughs> the awareness becomes more aware. And for Stephen, what happens is this. All of a sudden, he says, he saw heaven open. And it said he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So after Jesus told them, you'll see me sitting at the right hand of God, here's another preacher saying, I literally see it now. I'm in the presence of it right now. Because when you preach against opposition like that, when you speak the word of God with power, you will be so aware of his presence that his presence will become heaven to you. He, oh God. <laughs> when was the last time you preached to somebody and you made them stand up? <laughs> When, and I'm talking about God, when you made God stand up. Amen? You're saying, well, I never preach. Oh, yes, you do. 
When you talk to an unbeliever or a Christian and you speak the word of God to them and you have a word for them, you're preaching. You could take an offering right there. I'm just, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Imagine you're sitting there with a couple people and you're preaching and you go, am I preaching good? They're like, yeah, okay, let's take an offering. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or you could just say, give me an amen. Let, let me hear an amen from all two of you. Hey, I preached to one, so don't tell me. I was like, give me an amen. She was like, no. <laughs> I'm, out of, I'm out of people. I mean... <laughs> I'll tell you what, you'll never preach to hundreds until you can preach to one. You never will. <laughs> so you got to speak and preach his word. Then you have to do his work. Do his work. When you're doing God's work, you'll be so aware of his presence. Matthew 28. Jesus said, go and make. First, first word we need to see here is Go. <laughs> that means do something. <laughs> Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach to observe all things that command it. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. When you see and lo, that means let me give you the low down. <laughs> I am with you when? Who's allowed to say never and always, and nothing, and everything. Only God. Why? Because every one of us has said, I'll always do this, and I'll never do that. I will always love you. No, you won't. <laughs> I'll always be on time. Not you. Not you. I'm pointing over there. Oh, that side. I'll never say anything mean to you. Okay, that's me. Honey, I'll never say anything mean to you. Ten minutes later, I'm like trying to get these words back in my mouth. Right? Pastor, I love this church. I'll never leave this church. I love your teaching. I'll always listen to your messages. You're the best, Pastor Joe. Alicia, whatever happened to... I keep calling them. It's like the numbers change. But if God says always, it's always. What does the word always mean? No, don't you say always. That's, that's such a cop-out. It's like, what does everything mean? It means everything. You know what always means? It means every time, each time, at all times, all the time, without fail, consistently, invariably, Regularly, habitually, as I spit at my iPad, unfailingly. <laughs> I'm like, puh, puh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm always doing that. No. <laughs> Every time, each time, all the time. Somebody just got skeeved out and left the church. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, Jesus' saliva healed blind people, all right? So, step on back here. <laughs> Finally, going after the promises of God. 
Let me give a, 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 a plug right now for the Sunday schools we have going on between our first and second service taught by Pastor John and Pastor Alicia. You know, we have these awesome Sunday schools in between our services, and there's people going down there. They grab bagel. They grab coffee. They're always on, always on time for the Sunday school, and um, <laughs> my wife and I were together, you know, she, she was preparing what she was going to teach, and it was about peace. And in Peter it said, because, you know, Jesus said, I leave you my peace, but why doesn't everyone have peace? Because it says in Peter that you need to pursue peace. It's something that you have to go after. All of God's promises are something you have to go after. When God took Moses and used him to lead the people out of Egypt, that's, a, that's symbolic of our salvation. We're not under sin anymore. We're free. And they became free. But then God was leading them, what? To a promised land. But they had to drive out the people from the promised land to obtain their promise. They had to go and get it. So God raised up Joshua. Because Joshua was a go-getter. That's why I named my son Joshua. I love Joshua in the Bible. He had victory after victory after victory. And he didn't take no for an answer. And when he needed more time, he asked God to stop time. I mean, I love this Joshua. You read the book of Joshua, and it's hard to find anywhere where he sins. Really. Mighty man of God. And here's what God said to Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When we are going after the promises, that, the things that God has promised, he's with us. He wants that for us. More than anything, he doesn't want us to just get saved and become a statue in a, in, a, in a chair in a church. There's so much more that he wants. When Terrence and Anna go to London, guess who's going with them? Jesus. He's excited about it. Let's go. Haven't been on a cruise in a while. Oh, no, you're probably flying there. But, but he's going. He's present with them. That's why they'll win, because he never fails, and he's with them. And we never fail, and he's with us. You ask the worship team to come up right now. <laughs> You're like, what? Pastor Joe, you only preach for 20 minutes. Well, isn't that what you usually want? <laughs> no. Just kidding. Why are you laughing? Anyway. <laughs> no, because... The Holy Spirit's impressing upon something upon me. And I want you, those of you that are visiting with us, to know this. We're not here to play church. We're here to be church. I, I, totally honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I'm called to do this. I'm a very unlikely person to be called to do what I'm doing. But the only reason I'm doing it is because God wants me to do it. And I need his presence just as much as you need his presence, maybe more. <laughs> I don't want to play church. I want to be church. I don't want to think about God's presence. I want to be in his presence. See, because, listen, there are benefits 
to being aware and realizing his presence. Can I, can I say that in the right way? Because, like I said, he's here. For those of us who put a faith to trust in him, he's here. So wherever we go, he's there. But are we truly aware? Are we truly realizing it to the point which is just how we live? Because I'm telling you, there's benefits to being in his presence. And the first one is from Psalm 1611. It's my favorite. It says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Not missing joy, not 30% joy, not broken joy. Fullness, fullness of joy is in his presence. So then why do we lack joy sometimes? Because we're not aware of his presence. But we're worshiping today. We're praying today. We're in the word today. Right now, we should be becoming more aware of his presence. Right now, we should be able to receive that fullness of joy in our lives. I'm going to make it easy for you. Everybody close your eyes for a second. How many of you are not full of joy right now. You know that you need more of his presence, more of his joy in your life. I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Go ahead. Come on. Be honest. All of you. Come on. Raise your hands. All right. Every one of you come up here right now. Oh, yeah. I said I was going to make it easy. Only that part. Come on up. Come on up. In his presence is fullness of joy. Lord, how do I take hold of that fullness? By being aware of his presence. By being aware that when I worship, by being aware that when I pray, being aware that when I hear his word, that he is there. I can't be God to you. He is God to you. It's his. It's him. That's number one. That's number one first benefit. Number two, in Luke 5, I notice scripture, I know this passage. It says that when Jesus was there, that the power to heal was present. See, whatever he is, healing power is. So if you're sick in your body, I want you to come up here right now and get your healing. 
I want you to pursue your healing right now. I want you to come up here and get your healing if you're sick in your body. Because that power is present. Hey, everybody. Is he here? I mean, is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? The next one. Don't get church on me. Material needs. Material needs. What does that mean? Either financial or a house or a, a car you need. Those aren't things that God just forgets. You know, when all those people followed him, in Matthew 14, they were on the mountain there, and the disciples were like, we got to send everybody home, because how are we going to feed these people? You know what Jesus said to them? Give them something to eat. What? He just did that to test them. Then he said, what do you have? Bring it to me. Put it in his presence. And then you can feed 20,000. You could be 50,000. You could feed 100,000 if it's in his presence. Because his presence is heaven. Now, I don't know where the bread and the fish came from, but I know that when it was, the little was put in his presence, it became more. So if there's a financial need that you have and you're ready to pursue it, come on up right now. Come on up right now. We might end up with the whole church up here. I don't care. And God certainly doesn't. Because those that pursue His presence get His presence. Not physically, but by faith in their spirit. And let me tell you something. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> Another benefit of his presence is his peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace in every way. The Lord is with you. He's the Prince of Peace. He has, he has bequeathed us his peace. All we have to do is pursue that peace. Be aware that that peace is ours. He says, My peace I give you. Right now, you can literally, by faith, receive God's peace. Right here and right now. And what is peace? It's harmony. It's tranquility. It's not necessarily that everything's right in the world, but that you're all right with everything that isn't all right in the world. It's a peace that transcends understanding. That's in His presence you think God's worried? You think when you come across a situation, the God that lives inside of you, you think he ever worries? You think when the boat that Jesus was in sleeping and the disciples were freaking out, you think he was ever worried? Never worried. That is what you have from his presence. And finally, forgiveness. Forgiveness is in his presence he is forgiveness and that forgiveness is what gives you peace Psalm 130 verse 4 says because from your presence 
is forgiveness. Because one day, like the song says, we're going to see him face to face. And you will not be able to look in his face unless you know that you're forgiven. So if you are lacking peace right now, I want you to come forward. If you feel like you haven't received his forgiveness in your life, I want you to come forward right now. If you're lacking peace, if you have worry or fear or doubt, or there's a decision that you need to make and you don't have peace about the answer, I want you to pursue that answer right now. Get up out of your seat and come up here. God is literally here and he will literally give you the answer because he is alive and he is real and he is here. And I know that and believe that more than anything or I wouldn't be here. Because we're not here to waste anybody's time. But I'm here to tell you this. If there's a decision that you're seeking to make, you are in his presence right now, you can ask him and he will answer you today. I don't care what you've done in your life. If you need forgiveness, now's the time to say, God, forgive me. Start from the beginning. Go ahead. Now start to worship the Lord. Start to worship Him right now. on now. Worship Him. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Your presence is heaven. I'd say worship Him. Me. Worship Him.
I'll worship Him.
He is with you. 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 He is with you.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Remember, wherever you go, His presence is. Remember, wherever His presence is, there is heaven. So wherever you go, heaven is. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody just pray right now, right now. Just pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Where your presence is, is healing. Where your presence is, there is deliverance. Nothing, nothing, nothing that is not of you, God, can stay in your presence. Everything hidden will be revealed in your presence. Everything that must leave will leave in your presence. Father, we know you are here. We realize your presence here today. We trust that in your presence is healing, deliverance, fullness of joy. Everything that heaven has is here because you're here, Father. Hallelujah. You inhabit our praise. You pray through us. As we speak your word, you open heaven for us. As we go into the world today and do your will, you are always with us. Father, we trust, we are aware of every promise. For those of you that are still here right now, that have become more aware of His presence, realize this, it doesn't stop here. It is wherever you are. You don't have to usher it in. You don't have to make it happen. It just is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to pray for everyone here right now. Just pray for healing. Pray for deliverance. Pray for peace. Pray for joy. You can have it if you pursue it. And just be aware of it. Just take hold of it by faith. Right now. Jesus said, I leave you my peace as an inheritance. It's not yours until you take hold of it. The word says, by his stripes we are healed. He says he sent his word to heal us unless we receive that word. And it becomes a seed in us the healing will not manifest in our life. He says, by Jesus' blood, we're forgiven. Everyone's forgiven, but only those that put their faith in what Jesus did, receive or take hold of the forgiveness. So if you've never 
receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you just say, right now, Lord, I receive the forgiveness that Jesus paid for on the cross. I receive it. I take hold of it. It is mine. And then make sure you tell somebody up front here that you did that. This service went on a little longer than normal, but that's because of his presence. Because I'd rather, I'd rather you be in his presence. Because his presence is the most important thing. Not a message, not a song. His presence is what matters. So I encourage you today, don't lose the awareness of the fact that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, wherever you go, he's there. As a matter of fact, you want something funny? You can't even run away from him. Because wherever you go, he's there. You can't even get away from it. You can't get away from healing. You can't get away from blessing. You can't get away from forgiveness. So do yourself a favor. Just receive it. Have a blessed day. God bless you. See you next week. Hallelujah.